What is up, everyone, and welcome back to Manga and Me with your one and only host, me, Mari. I know it's been some time. I think it's been like three weeks since the last episode, but I had some stuff going on, and I honestly decided to just wait a minute and talk about these chapters. As you know, I was waiting really for Golden Week to come and pass, but I'm back with it now, and you know, let's just, let's just jump straight into it. So, first on the agenda, let's talk about the last two chapters of Black Clover. So, as you know, everybody's been anticipating, we've all been waiting for Magna and Zora to return. And, you know, we, we finally got that. They, they made an appearance. And honestly, it, it did shock me to see that. You know, Magna, it's not even, I can't even consider it a power-up because, you know, seeing in the latest chapter that it's only just, a, it's a one-time spell, but this is still good for his development because, you know, it shows that he put in the work to create this spell because this isn't a power-up that's permanent, you know, because learning in the latest chapter that People who have like lower magic power, they pretty much have to be more strategic in creating these, you know, these new boosts for themselves, these ruins and all that type of stuff that Zora explained. And I thought that was very interesting. But you know, let's let's try to rewind a little bit. Two ninety one, you know, Asta has to wait thirty minutes to use any type of union mode or just his regular black mode, which. I was wondering if there was ever, if there was going to be a cap because you know we've already seen him use union mode twice and there hasn't been a, no explanation about a cap. So I'm glad that we got that explained. So 30 minutes reasonable. And you know just you know going through the chapter we see <laughs> Jack getting his ass whooped still. I really don't know what man's is thinking thinking he was going to take on a 100% Dante, because at this point now, he can't even really slice through him, you know, and then this is where Magna and Zora show up, like, you about to get saved by two peasants, like, you're a whole captain, this is just disrespectful at this point, but anyway, you know, Magna saying, like, you got me to take on, you know, at first in my head, and myself, before, like, reading anything else, it's just, like, Magna, you about to get, you about to get fucked up. I don't even know why you're here. You better pull out something saucy to take on this man, or else you you gonna get knocked out the paint very quickly. And you know Dante talking his shit per usual. You know this this nigga's all about like, I mean like I am who I am, and you ain't about to see me. And then we get a little flashback with Magna. Like, it was good. It was actually surprising that Magna and Zora was there seeing Dante, like, fight Asta and Yami at that time. Like, though, so they was in the cut, but they both knew that they wouldn't have been able to do shit at that time. And they kind of had to just play the watching role like we all did. But, you know, towards the end of the 291, Magna pops out the drip with this chain coming out of him, and he just yammers on this nigga Dante, and it's just like, holy shit, secret flame magic, soul chain, death match, and honestly, when 291 ended, 
I was just like, whoa, like, my impressions from that was like, he split the power between them, so now it's just an even fight, and they just about to throw the hands, and you know, people always look at Black Clover and be like, bro, I want to see like more hand fighting, like, you know, these niggas be using spells, and you know, it's really like a lot of the things in Black Clover is mainly like mid-range to long-range attacks. It's not a lot of people in the verse who throw the hands. So, you know, to me, I love to see a good, like, boxing match. And then, you know, we move on to 292, which we just got this past Sunday. And it's like, you know, the chapter begins. We get more flashbacks of Magnus or, you know, the training and understanding how Magna was able to create this new spell. Not because it's a power-up, but because he's been you like strategically thinking for over six months to create this, to use it as a trump card. You know, in his back pocket. It's only a one-time thing. And, you know, for him to come up with something like this is, like, he definitely has my respect. Because this is some crazy shit right here. And, you know, he created Soul Chain Deathmatch. And, you know, throughout 292, we just see him and Dante just going back and forth. And, like, I mean, they just, they boxing. They are fucking boxing. And I wouldn't have asked for anything more because, like I said again, like, I love a good boxing match. Especially this is good for Magnus' character to show that he isn't useless. I feel like Black Clover does a really good job at keeping side characters relevant and actually giving them fans, like, equal fans. Because, you know, you know there are some side characters who have more shine because, you know, I like me, I really do love, like, Luck. To me, he's just a raw character. Maybe not in terms in some parts of development, but everyone has their own opinions. But, you know, that's one of the side characters that I really fuck with in Black Clover. Magna, to me, was always someone who was just like, eh. You know, but after this, you know, I got more respect for him. My man came out here with something nice. Pretty much came out with something where he wasn't going to get his ass whooped completely. Will he beat Dante? I don't think so. But I feel like, you know, he'll pretty much keep rocking his shit and maybe tire him out if that is possible. But, you know, with the whole body magic thing, you know, he's just going to keep regenerating up to full strength. I mean, as we can see, I mean, Magnet was literally punching, about to punch a hole into this nigga's body. But, you know, I feel like as long as there's like no, so far it seems like there's no effects to like how long this lasts. Pretty much, you push your soul on the line and you just box it out until someone is either going to get knocked out, I'm assuming, or someone dies. So honestly, Magnus putting this is a high-risk, high-reward type of spell, which is also good because it makes the stakes higher instead of just something like, you know, you know something you just pull out and there's really no risk. It's just something you could do off-rip, you know. But, you know, the la- the way the chapter ended, I mean... We see Magna get one last bink on that nigga Dante, and it's just like, damn. Damn, damn, damn. So, you know, and then, you know, sadly, Black Clover's on a break this weekend, so we're going to have to wait two weeks to see if we stick with this, which I'm pretty sure we will, or we'll cut away to something else. But, you know, I'm really I'm I, I want to see how this is going to play out because I'm pretty sure... I feel like Magna will still lose, but 
I feel like Dante won't be as powerful. Like he'll he'll take a hit from this because this is gonna be tiring as fuck. No matter how many how much magic power you got, this has to be tiring in the end because if you're equal with somebody and you're just boxing it out, it's just a constant back and forth until someone's gonna eventually tire out. So that's kind of how I see it. Considering I mean Magnus not even using any spells, he's just literally throwing hands. So, you know, I'm excited to see what happens after this Black Clover break. You know, I'm at Tabata. He needed this because, you know, it was un- it was some unfinished panels in 292. But, you know, these mangas be working day in and day out, week after week. Nothing but respect. And I can't blame him. You know, everybody need a break. So, hey, I love, it. I love these last two chapters. Magnus rising up. I can't wait to see what Zora does, too, because he hasn't even shown shit either from his training. And I'm pretty sure he's going to come out with some really, like, amazing new trap spells. I wouldn't even doubt it. Moving on. Um, you know, you know I'm going to take, I'm going uh, to go ahead and knock Jujutsu Kaisen out the way, considering it's only one chapter. You know, you know let's, let's just get into this. So the last thing we didn't see from Jujutsu Kaisen was sadly, sadly Yaga's death, and you know we got a flashback of some of the things of they was asking Yaga like how pretty much how Panda was made, like how is he able to have a, a mind of his own, and they wanted the secrets to that the higher ups really wanted to know, but my man's wasn't budging. He's like, I don't know. That shit just happened, even though, obviously, he really did know. And I I feel like maybe, I'm, I don't really have, like, I don't think it was a bad chapter, but I think it was just the fact that I wanted to see maybe a little bit more from Yaga, considering, like, Yaga and his relationship with Panda, considering, you know, it's been a while since we've seen him together. It's been a really long time, like, Really, the only connection we saw them have was during the, you know, the Goodwill training. Not really training, but the Goodwill little jump between Kyoto and, you know, the two schools. But, you know, going on to the chapter, you know, we see Kusakabe free Panda because, you know, Kusakabe actually was indebted to Yaga, believe it or not. You know, Kuzukabe still ain't got much respect for me, considering he was still trying to kill Yuji. Fucking bitch. But, <laughs> you know, besides all that, you know, it. I feel like the emotional, the emotions didn't really hit for me because I wasn't that invested in Tiyaga. Like, honestly, he was a real-ass dude. And I really, I just wish we could have seen a lot more from him. Like, we got, we got to see of him, but I don't know. Like, you know, in certain animes and mangas, there's just some characters that you don't feel that heavy connection with. And that's just normal for everybody. Like, it's still a sad moment, but to me, it was just, like, it just it just sucked. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, like, I'm over here crying in the club type hurt. Especially since, you know, he really wasn't, he wasn't even fighting. Like, as he's facing off with... The other principal, I don't really know how to, Gaku Ganji, I'm assuming that's how you say his name. Either way, I'm going to call him Gaku. But, you know, he's facing off with him. He's not even really trying because he don't even have none of his corpse, his corpses with him. I mean, he's just, 
he's just fighting. Like, he knew he was going to die. He knew that he... It was like he was just fighting just to... I don't even know. I feel like maybe if he'd gone out with more of a fight, it would have hurt a little bit more because he wasn't going to rock like that. But considering he walked into this knowing that he was going to die and he was just going to let himself be killed is really the part where it's just like, damn, like, that really fucking blows. You know, and he ends up telling Principal Gaku, like, you know, the real secrets on how to do it and how to make Panda someone who can be on his own free will. You know, I mean, like, it hit towards the end. It's a curse from me to you. Like, you know, I don't know. The emotional investment for me just wasn't hitting that hard. Like, I was sad because, you know, Panda, that was, that you know, that's his dad right there. So it was just like, I know for him, you know, that was like the worst feeling ever because, you know, you, you just lost your whole dad. Like, it really fucking sucked, but... You know, at the end of the day, at the end of this chapter, Yaga is dead, Panda is sad, and that's pretty much it. Maybe if it was, like, at least, like, three chapters of their little story together and before this build-up, maybe it would have hit a little bit harder. But I would say this is, you know, this is, like, the one time where I'm just like, you know, it, it was okay. Like, it wasn't bad by any means. But I feel like it could have had just, I could have been pulled in a little bit more emotional. I had a better emotional investment. I feel like that's where things probably would have changed. And that would have been, like, really it for me. But all in all, you know, Jujutsu Kaisen is finally coming back this week. And, we'll, you know, we'll get to see what happens where we're leaving off with this story. Uh, as I can see from some spoilers, you know, we might be focusing on the Zenin clan. So I feel like, you know, with this whole culling game arc, we're kind of jumping around as things are all happening at the same time, which is good because we need to get, we need to see everything happening in real time because, you know, realistically, there's shit going on everywhere. So I'm excited for Sunday. We're going to see how this rolls off. And yeah. Moving on. I want to talk about some My Hero as well. Well, obviously, everything I'm going to say, you know, I'm already going to talk about. I've been talking about the, the few jumps. I always talk about week in and week out. And, you know, we got two chapters from the My Hero. So let's talk about 310. First of all, the cover was looking saucy. Like, Neku's new, like, hero outfit is like that. I really, I'm really loving the theme that he's, like, carrying in this whole, like, last arc. I'm, you know... Like, he's literally, to me, like, he's out on his own. He's literally Batman. Like, honestly. He is Batman watching over the city. He got his his butler and All Might driving the whip everywhere. <laughs> it's honestly just kind of funny, but, you know, like, going through 310, we see the chapter start off. There's a big, you know, girl. I think it's like a fox. Either way, you know, all the people are scared of her. You know, everyone's on edge in the hero world and my hero because of, you know, all the shit that's happened in the last couple of months. You know, regular people feel like they got to defend for themselves. Like, and everyone's pretty much a threat. And, you know, here come Deku. Like, everybody chill the fuck out. 
which they should, because, you know, people shouldn't jump to conclusions just when you see somebody. Like, everybody should relax and just see what's going on. And like I said, All Might pull up in the whip. Like, All Might literally is Deku's butler. Like, <laughs> Master Bruce face ass. <laughs> Either way, I mean, like, it's just crazy how their, their whole thing has shifted. Like, you know, Deku had to, like, look up to All Might, ask him for questions. He was the master, and, you know, Deku was the pupil. But at this point, it's reversed. Granted, almost not a pupil by any means, but he's like the servant now. Like Deku's on his own because he's he's the last one for all user. Everything is resonating in him more powerful than it ever did in All Might. So you know, All Might has nothing else really to teach him. Besides, all he can do is just watch him and just give him advice here and there. So I love how like you know their whole story has definitely taken a one eighty. Deku's on his own trying to figure this shit out. Obviously, he's working with Hawks, Endeavor, and Best Genius, and All Might with all of this, trying to pull out the League of Villains and see where, you know, Shigaraki and All for One is. But, you know, yeah. And, you know, after All Might gives Deku, you know, his little lunch, <laughs> his favorite meal. You know, we get a we get a flashback into the last two users of One for All we haven't been able to see. You know, the second and the third user. And honestly, I would I could definitely say that this, it's funny how the second user really does look smack like Bakugo, but I think that's just the way that Horikoshi just draws. I mean, like obviously there's always gonna be characters who look like other characters in the same series. So I just think it's a quinky dink that he looks like Bakugo. Honestly, I really do like the design with the scar over the face. And even the third user to me looks really good, too. But, you know, they explain their story and how their era was the shittiest one of them all. It it was nothing but fighting. All for one had a grip on the society. And they wanted to change that shit. And, you know, looking at the flashback, too, it also seems like, you know, the second user has probably a similar quirk to Bakugo because you know before he shoots you know the first user of one for all like in the room and shit I mean he has like a type of gauntlet that shoots out something so maybe there's some type of correlation I don't think it's per se like a blast but you know some people in the community have been thinking like a laser type of thing and I mean that would make sense considering that you know he's wearing it like, it, it has to be something. Something that you, you know, is very powerful. I just want to know what the third user is bringing to the table because, you know, we haven't seen, like, maybe any hints to that. But, you know, going forward, you know, second user is just like, you know, you know, it was some tough times, man. Like, I ain't want to be fucking with the enemy. You know, the first user is just like, you know, then why did you um, reach out to me? Like, That's where the story all starts, honestly. Like, as soon as the second user gave his hand out to the first, that's where this whole, you know, lineage of one for all passing down just kept going and going. Like, if that would have never happened, like, all for one would have had the society and the grip. He would be the true demon lord or whatever the fuck you're going for. You know, at the end of 310, the second user's like, you know, 
we got you, Deku. We're going to back you up. But, you know, things are going to really pick up. Like, you're going to have to keep up with us, nigga. And it was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real glad that the second and third user are on board now. So now Deku has the support of all of them, especially as One For All keeps growing in his body. Like, once Deku gets to use all these different quirks, like, he's literally going to be unstoppable. In, in my opinion, he already is getting damn near unstoppable. And he only knows what. So far, he has the regular One For All. He has Float. He has Smoke. He has Black Whip. Yes, danger sense. That's already five. And he still has to get the second and third users. Second and third, and I think that would be it. Yeah, that would be it. Because he has the fourth, the fifth, and sixth, and seventh. And, you know, All Might didn't have a quirk. So there you go. He literally just needs the second and the third. And then he'll literally be a stop, an un- unstoppable. Moving on to 311, though. You know, we see Endeavor dealing with some small fries. You know, just getting him out of the paint, really. I mean, it ain't really nothing that he can do. We see the civilian calling him scum and how the heroes need to get the fuck. Especially him, because, you know, everything that's been unveiled to the whole world. <laughs> You know, they look at Endeavor as, like, a bitch-ass nigger. They look at him as someone who can't be trusted, someone who's an abuser to his family, and all that crazy shit. So they really don't have no respect for the quote-unquote number one hero at all anymore. Like, to them, he's just a no-good scum. He's no worse than a villain. And Endeavor, Endeavor Hawks and... Special genius is just, you know, like, just talking, like, you know, wondering where Deku is and stuff, like, trying to figure out what the, what the League of Villains is up to. And, I mean, as we all know, I mean, All for One is trying to hone in on Shigaraki's body and create it to be the ultimate vessel. That's really his whole plan. Like, he, he never had really that much respect for Shigaraki. Shigaraki. He was just using his hatred for the heroes. And made him into a pawn. I mean, like, it was pretty obvious because, I mean, come on. All for one, he's going to be selfish. He's going to be the one who does all this shit himself. I mean, like, can can we not put two and two together? <laughs> but, you know, they also make some jumps, like, some good notes, like how the body isn't complete. And, you know, what's going to happen at this point? And then, you know, and then going towards the end of the chapter, you know, Deku gets shot at. Well, All Might and Deku get shot at the same time by this unknown sniper. And honestly, the design, like, Horikoshi is killing it with these designs, in my opinion. Like, these people be looking raw as fuck. And they, they just look good. Like, whoever this sniper is, the sniper girl, obviously she's in contact with all for one in some type of way there's no there's no doubt about that but i think the more interesting thing is is that is that who i think it is in the back in the last panel <laughs> like there's only two there's only one person we know in the my hero world with no arms and that's overhaul so why 
I just want to know is like overhaul knocked out and why is he knocked out? Why why does this gunman have all for one to the side? I'm assuming her mission is to bring him and Deku, obviously Deku, but I wonder what's the need for overhaul. And honestly, I wonder if while in jail, was he able to even like evolve his quirk to the point where he doesn't need his hands to make shift everything and he can use his feet? Because honestly, if he could use his feet, he would honestly be a good counter to, you know, Shigaraki's, like, you know, decaying and shit like that. Because pretty much he decays everything he touches, no matter what. But I feel like we'll get that story. Maybe we'll get a little bit more into that next chapter. Because I'm want i really curious to see, like, you know, what, what happened to Overhaul during all this time. Especially no arms. I mean, well, at least not no arms, but, you know, no hands to use his quirks, like, anything changed, who's this gunman, why was she hired, like, I feel like all those questions will get answered next chapter, definitely, and I mean, it come, the next chapter is on Sunday, so, we'll see what happens with that, because I, I, I can see some things happening, but I'm just not too sure yet. Second to last thing, I figured, let's go Undead on Luck, and we're going to save One Piece for last. So, also, you know, like I've been saying, for pretty much everything, I done had two chapters to talk about. Just except for Jujutsu Kaisen, that's the only exception. So, starting with 61 of Undead on Luck, you know, we see Shen down below seeing how Fang got taken and everything by, you know, his old master. And, oh, excuse me, not Fang. Fang is the master, but, you know, the little assistant girl that he's had. And we see Undead and Unluck want to take him on. But as this fight was starting, I was in my head, I was just like, there's no way they're going to be able, like, there's no way that Undead is going to be able to box my man because... Even though Andy himself isn't, like, a weak-ass dude, and he is strong, but this is somebody who's a, a master martial artist. Not only is he a master, he's in his prime time right now. He's literally at an age where he is at his best. So I really don't know how this is going to be a dub or come become a dub, you know? You know, you're looking at it, you're pulling out the bloody arts, he's trying to box him in and out, and it's like, he can't do nothing. And my man literally gets, I mean, he doesn't get, like, beat the fuck up, but Fang understands on the way. Like, he, he has fast thinking, as you can see, because he realizes that, you know, with with the way undone, with that. With the way Undead works, you know, if he loses a limb, regenerates and shit like that. But with the way he can still get his bones dislocated, but it won't per se regenerate. Because he has certain rules, like he pretty much only can negate things that are directed to death, not things that are like directed towards injury. So... There is, he found a weakness in Undead, so honestly, 
going forward, I wouldn't doubt it if a lot of people just end up trying to break this man's bones and just dislocating them instead of just, like, blowing him up and cutting his head off and shit like that. Because obviously they know he can't die, and he's not going to be able to die. <laughs> At least not until the end of the series, maybe, but I still highly doubt that. And, you know, Andy's just trying to figure out, and he, he you know, on the way, as he's fighting Fang, he realizes this is no negator ability. And, you know, I honestly thought he was, like, had some, like, type of negation ability now, like, unage or some shit like that. But, you know, figuring out from the previous chapter, that wasn't the case. It was that tool. And, like, this is just pure technique. This man is just really likes that. So, for him... To see that, it's just like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know how this is going to be a dub. And, like, you know, and Andy knows he can't do this shit alone, especially when considering Unluck. I mean, she can only do, she can't really do much until she gets to be able to touch Fang. Like, that's the only way to give him that, that, you know, that Unluck and have some type of catastrophe hit his ass. And Fang just, you know, he blitzes him. He punches a damn hole in my man. And that shit is fucking crazy. Like, granted, this man, Andy, he can't die. But, oh, my God. Like, every single week seeing him go through so much pain. Like, I mean, I, I, I get it. After a certain point, I know this shit can't hurt no more than it did the first day. <laughs> but it's just like, holy shit, man. Like, that... That is some crazy shit. He punched a hole in this man's chest. And you know, Fang, as the antagonist he is, you know, he's just letting he's letting these niggas know, I'm the strongest. You can't beat me. Ain't nobody going to beat me. And like I said, this man is in prime time position to just wax and box everybody in sight. So I'm really not too surprised. And as I was hoping, my boy, my boy Shin comes back to try to redeem himself. Granted, he used his pole through Andy. Again, luckily, Andy, is, he can't die. Thank God. <laughs> but, you know, he, put, he puts the pole through Andy's chest to hit Fang. And, you know, <laughs> like, like, they, like my man Andy said, two heads. Two heads are always stronger than one. And, you know, this is where we get into two, nah, not two, but this is where we get into the latest chapter, 62, and we see these two, you know, take them on head to head. So they tag team this man. And, you know, the chapter begins off with a little flashback saying, you know, Andy giving his respects to Shen. Like, you know, you protected the both of us. I owe you one. You will realize, nigga. And, you know, we got your back, bruh. And, you know, as 62 starts off, granted, I'm going to just, like, as a side note, I did not know, like, I know, like, I've been reading this journal up until now, but, like, the difference between how big Shen is compared to Feng is really crazy because this man is really tall and he's really fucking built. But anyway, the only problem that they're having is the fact that Shen, he's trying to do this shit all alone. And, you know, he has this personal vendetta against him because he, he blames him for his sister's death 
And he just has a lot of bad blood for this nigga because he, he wants him dead. He wants to be stronger than him and all that shit. And, you know, Shannon's just being, he being stubborn. He's trying to say this is his fight. But it's like, you can't do this shit by yourself, bro. Like, there's just no fucking way. And then we see Andy smack Shin upside the head and everyone's holding him back. Like, bro, you're going to have to relax and think. Think logically. Like, we got to do this shit together. And, you know, I mean, that's all you can say. I mean, like, there was literally no way you was going to be able to do this shit by yourself. There was no fucking way. And as the chapter goes on, he's just like, you know, I man, Andy, like, we're going to use Undead and Untruth. You know, we're going to use your ability and mine. We got this shit. And they get some licks on them because, you know, Shen is using Untruth on Andy. So everything he's making, he's making him go the opposite way. And they're connecting these pieces on the fan. So, you know, that shit was working as they do that shit. But then the problem comes. Where Fang's an asshole, he wants to throw this assault beam on fire at Mew and Unluck. And the chapter ends with Andy and Shen taking that shit through the chest, protecting the two girls. And honestly, it just gets me very worried because I'm not worried about Andy. He can't die. But Shen... That shit really makes me sad because I swear to God, in the next chapter, if he dies, I'm going to be really sad. I don't think he's going to die because he's too important of a character. And he's too important for the end game of this whole fight with God. So it would really suck if he does die. I don't think he will, but uh, just the thought of it going into the next chapter, having to wait still a couple more days, it's just... It's just mind-wrecking, and I, I really do hope Shen survived. I think he will, but all we can do is just see what the fuck happens. Last but not least, One Piece. I feel like it's been, it's honestly been a minute since I talked about One Piece because of the Golden Week, and then the last time I did my Shonen Jump, you know, my Shonen Jump readings, One Piece was on a break, so... <laughs> So I believe the last thing you know we talked about was ten ten. I mean a thousand and ten. Say it how you will. You know, that's when you know Luffy said, I got this shit. I'm finna be Kaido all by myself. So, you know, going on to ten eleven. We see Kid and Killer pretty much about to take off against Big Mom and here she comes. Big Mom got lightning. I know that shit OC. And then, you know, as we keep going through the chapter, like, you know, Kaido and Luffy have their little moment. They clash. And then now we're gone. That's the only, that's the only thing that really sucks about, like, having these, like, top class matchups in the One Piece world. Because it's like, I'm more hyped to see them than I am to see everybody else. So it's like cutting away from the rooftop with Kaido and Kaido versus Luffy. And even beforehand with the Nova Supernovas fighting Big Mom and Kaido, like that excitement was through the roof. These last couple of weeks have been bomb, like focusing on that shit. But I do realize 
we still have more fights going on. This is a whole war. You got to cover everything. So, you know, we get down to it. And, you know, we get the setup of... We had the setups of Hawkins versus Killer. And honestly, I think Killer got that shit. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he gonna put him in a blender. Because to me, Hawkins, I mean, like, he's a he's a strong supernova. But if Zoro, a non-Devil Fruit user, can beat him, I think Killer can do the same thing. Because Killer's really not. Killer is a strong swordsman, his damn self. So I got faith in him to, like, you know, get that nigga out of the paint, too. And then we see Usopp, Nami, I said Nami. Yeah, Nami, Nami, whatever. However you want to say it, you know. They got page one on their ass. And they just trying to get the fuck and get some type of distance from this man. Because, you know, he, he trying to take him out. And then little do we have, we got Big Mom coming out the paint. But... Luckily for everybody, Otama is friends with Big Mom because when Big Mom lost her memories, you know, took care of her and shit like that. So now they got a good relationship. She don't like the straw hat still, but, you know, they got a little ceasefire going on because Otama explains how that one village, that town is destroyed because of Kaido's folks. And, you know, that really pisses off. Big Mom, because they took care of her. I mean, at the end of the day, she may be a Yonko and all that shit, but she still does have a heart. It's not like she's like this ruthless motherfucker just on the seas, just not giving a fuck about anybody in sight. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, she she gets really mad, and then she pretty much punches the shit out of page one. I mean, honestly, I mean, that wasn't going to really be like, anything, and you know, his sister, Lady Ulti, you know, she, she sees that shit, now she want a box, which is how we get into ten twelve. but I mean, honestly, like I said, Big Mom may be some type of ruthless pirate, but I can understand being pissed off, because like, a town that took care of you when you don't have your memories, none of that shit, they showed no type of hatred towards you. How can you not be pissed off after finding out that place gets burned to the fucking ground? So it just makes sense to be, like, angry and bitter over that shit. And, you know, with 1012, we're looking at the nine samurais or whatever. They're pretty much running off. And everybody, you know, like, pretty much this is all setting up matchups after matchups. And we see, you know... Cat dude, I I'm not really good with names in One Piece because you know, I think Neko, whatever. I'm gonna just call him Neko. He either way, he's a cat. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he going after the dude who killed Pedro, which is, you know, the dude in Big Mom's crew. I forgot his damn name. I don't know what it is. One Piece and all these different characters and names. They get y'all to like, oh shit, like, I don't remember every single body, but y'all get my point. You know, he's going after him, you know, and I, I think so, like, the funniest thing from this chapter was seeing, like, Sanji whole, like, I didn't even think he that was Zoro in the damn cast. It's just funny, because my, my nigga slumped, like, 
But I mean, like, I can't even blame him. The shit that he just went through, all that he blocked the whole attack. He blocked an attack from two Yonkos, whether it was for a second or not. He was scrapping with Kaido, just used Conqueror's hockey out the random. So I know this nigga is like beyond tired. Do I think he's out of the fight? Even with all them broken bones that Law was talking about? Nah. I feel like, because Zoro is someone who's a real ass dude. He a real nigga. He gonna get his ass right back up. Granted, not kill Kaido, which is, you know, everything that we all wanted. I think that was, like, that's, like, one of the, like, the shittiest things about One Piece, but it's not really shitty because this is, like, it's a shonen norm to have your main character, main villain, antagonist, take him out, you know? So, I think people, like, even though, yeah, people want to see something different, we we tired of seeing Luffy taking out the big villain. It's just, like, I mean, this is the way it was always going to be. I mean, Luffy is our main character. He's the one that's going to grow the most out of the entire, like, main cast. Really no surprise. I have no problem with it, but I would have definitely loved to see seeing Zoro, like, take out Kaido on his own. But I'm glad he had some really good feats against him because, you know, that just adds on his resume as we keep going with One Piece and get towards the end. But I don't think he's out to fight. I think my man honestly just needs a nap. He needs a nap and he's going to get his ass right back up and take on who's next. And then, you know, we go back to Big Mom being pissed off. We see page one in the dirt. And, you know, Uti, you know, she mad as hell. She's trying to charge up the Big Mom and shit like that. And I'm surprised she was with this shit. I thought she was going back down because, I mean, this is a Yonko at the end of the day. So it's like, you, you take that as you want it. Like, I don't know if you want scrap like that. But Uti is wild as fuck. She jumps herself into that monster that's carrying Otama and everybody, knocks them down. Then she's going to have the nerve to smack Otama. You smack a whole little girl. You're going to smack her and tell her to shut up. So at that point, you're getting what you deserve, whether it's Big Mom. And surprisingly, Nami. Well, Nami, Nami. I don't really I think it's Nami, but I'm going to say Nami. And, you know, she shocked her ass. And she's like, how dare you do that? I'm going to stay here and whoop your ass. So, you know, like, that, you can tell that really pissed her off. And, I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't get pissed off after seeing a sweet little child get their ass smacked and get told to shut up? Like, I'd want to throw the hands, too. So, you know, I'm glad that, you know, she about to get her moment. You know, she, she got who she going off in and this little matchup. Pretty much, even though they, you know, they tried to go against them at first, and you know, it didn't really end the way that they wanted it to. But you know, we all about the rematches, and that, you know, that's pretty much how ten, twelve ends, and that's that's it for my Shonen readings. You know, I'm sorry, I really do apologize for that little hiatus. Like I said, it was shit going on. I'm sure everybody can understand, but you know, we back with it. We back with it on a weekly basis. I still got some other things popping out. I still got to catch up on all my anime during the season. And I'm going to get back with y'all. And I'm going to talk with y'all. So, you know, as always, appreciate y'all for listening and tuning in with me. Turn on the notifications to never miss an episode. To always know 
when when a brother posting, stay tuned with me, you know, all that shit. But you know, y'all take it easy. Now see y'all next time. Peace.